Good morning. I'm Steve Gilbert, along with Dan Peterson. We are the co-hosts of the Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show. Presented to you by Roinch & Sons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, a service experts company. We are a six-time winner of the Consumer's Choice Award, a five-time winner of London Free Press Best of London, two-time winner of St. Thomas and Elgin Weekly News Reader's Choice Award, presenting sponsor of the 2018 World Financial Group Continental Cup of Curling, which is held in London on January 11th to the 14th, 2018. And just this past week, we were the presenting sponsor of the Day of Dreams at the Western Fair. How did that go, Steve? That went that went really actually it went it went really really well Dan good yeah well, we want to thank you for listening today and we hope you will be able to listen to uh, us every Saturday morning from nine to ten as we provide information to our listeners about how heating air conditioning and plumbing works in your home but most important the phone lines are open uh, so you can call in the local number here is five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two or one eight six six three five four eight you can send an email to inchbyinch at serviceexperts.com. So please don't wait, and you can give us a call. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, you? I'm good. How That's can good. you How can you complain? The, the weather is awesome outside. It's been beautiful, and uh, even turned my air conditioner on for a little while yesterday. Peter would be really happy, <laughs> the fact that you got your air conditioner running. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's just as good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to be even warmer today and tomorrow. That's what they were saying. Yeah, we'll so see. <laughs> I, I, I'm hearing that this weather system we are having is because of the hurricane down south. So That's what they say. It's pushing all the warm air up to us. Yeah. Which we'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, you were at the uh, Knights had a game last night? Yes, I did. And how they look? Well, they look pretty good. They were... Uh, a lot of they've got a lot of guys away at pro camp right now, so there was a lot of rookies and and some guys that had played a few games last year and was a little scrambly at times, but uh, they they were beating uh, Erie three to one, so I think they're going to be looking good once they get some of those other players back. Oh, so they played Erie last night. They played Erie last night. Yeah. Okay, and how did Erie look? Um, not as strong as they have in the past. They have a few returning players, too. Um, you can usually tell the players that are returning. Yes. Um, they kind of shine, do they? They do. They do. And uh, they had a few players that played well, but uh, so did Leonard. Played equally as well. Excellent. And yeah. how are we in the net? Good? Yeah. Um, Johnson played net, and uh, he looked really well. I imagine uh, Coy will play tonight. I think they're playing an exhibition game in Kamoka oh, against Erie again. Okay. Uh, Richard, because, you know, he's not sitting with us in studio today, um, just made a comment. He said he wanted to know who won the ball game last Saturday that you left, you know, the, the party to go. <laughs> well, on the Friday night, the Tigers won. <laughs> that, that's not, we're talking about Saturday, Dan. <laughs> we had a really good time on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> but the Jays did prevail in that uh, contest. I was just I telling you before that we started the show that, you know, they've really come on to play some good September ball, so, yeah, They have. Um, the young guys are stepping up and uh, showing, most of them are showing that they belong. Absolutely. They've had some troubles, but uh, they need to be there. They need to learn what the Major League game's all about, and they have to balance that with uh, the fans and all the other coverage that goes with that. That's true. There's a lot of yeah, pressure on them. There is. 
So Peter is not in studio today. You asked me, you know, so where's Peter today? I said, well, Peter is in Slovenia, and uh, you were going to make some comment about that. I, do they curl in Slovenia? <laughs> I, I've never heard of a, a curling team there, but uh, I'm presuming that he's going there to promote the game. That's where the, so the World Curling Federation, that's where the meeting's held. Uh, so okay. Peter representing uh, Canada. Yep. Uh, also, because with this mixed doubles, which is very popular for curling now and yes. now has Olympic status, uh, there's a lot of teams worldwide now. So teams that play mixed doubles, necessarily you wouldn't see them playing in a, in a group of four. So okay. it's that, that part of the game is really kind of, it's touched a lot more countries. So uh, that's probably why they're hosting this World Curling Federation meeting. Well, it's good to get it, uh, get the other countries involved. And, and I realize that uh, some countries just don't have enough ice surface or enough players to actually field a, a four-man or four-woman team. No, there's, there's some countries that only have maybe a one- or a two-sheet club, right? Yes. And that's, that's yes. it. So, yeah, we are very fortunate. Um, speaking of that, curling season is already underway in Canada. Um, there's mm-hmm. been some events that have gone on, but uh, you and I, necessarily, we don't hit the ice until St. Thomas will be open when? First um, week of October, second week of October? Second week of October. Yeah. yeah. And I know we're planning on starting here in London either first or second week of October as well. Oh, that's uh, that's about the norm, I think. It yeah. is. And then that season will run through to usually late March, early April? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um I think we're we're putting the ice in right now. So uh, when we have our sign up evening, uh, we're hoping hoping that some people will be able to new curlers will be able to get down and try it. Well, it's interesting at the Day of Dreams. That's what we had. We had the street curling out at Western yes. Fair for the uh, for the kids, and uh, it's amazing. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of interest as we do, and uh, there are some parents that actually were asking questions about you know. Where can where can my kids learn how to do this? And yes. I would, you know, depending where they live, there's in our area anyways, there's St. Thomas, yeah, the Highland Curling Club, London Curling Club, and Ilderton Curling Club. Those four clubs service this general area. And they all have uh, programs for junior curlers. And little rocks they call it, right? So yes, you little don't, rocks, yes. Small kids don't throw the big stones, they right. throw uh they throw a smaller curling rock. Yes. Yes, yes they do. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of that's my little my little push for <laughs> curling in the area. Yes, it's a it certainly you should give it a try and uh, yeah. Yep, no no matter where you live, we should uh, you should get out and and check out the clubs and check out the ice. Now, just Peter just wanted me to touch on the ninetieth, but I'll probably wait till we after we come back from break. I'll touch on our party last week and okay. um, yeah. All right, all right. So we'll go to break and we'll talk to you soon. Is that, do you, are you familiar with that song? Um, no. Um, who picked that song, Steve? That's, that was from Mr. Jamie Weiser, and it's uh, Feeling Good by the Sheepdogs. Oh, the Sheepdogs. Weren't they just at Western Fair? Uh, uh, I think they were, the, yeah, they were there just the other day. Yeah. Was Jamie there watching them? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but uh, they were there. I know that. All right. Just want to remind people the phone lines are open. You can give us a call at 519-643-2222 or one 866 
1-800-354-8255. Not very often we have Dan in studio, so if you've got a plumbing question, uh, clearly he is the one to answer because he is the godfather of plumbing, as we hear from him in the city. Um, but just want to touch base quickly on our party last week. Uh, we, it was our 90th yes. anniversary. Yes. Uh, it was a, We had very busy. We, they, they tallied anywhere between 800 to 1,000 people were actually at our, our sh- shop last week. There were 86 cars for the car show. Uh, there were some pretty spectacular automobiles there. There was. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was surprised. I was going to ask you how many there were for sure, but uh, they were all top-notch vehicles that I saw. Yeah. All kinds of interesting things. So, And the face painter, she never let up. She was, <laughs> she was painting kids' faces from... <laughs> Start to the end of the day. So <laughs> that's good. That's it was amazing. Uh, mini putt. We had street curling. Uh, just it was a great day. Food was there. Yes. Elvis was at was in the building. Uh, he was doing entertainment as well as our friends from A uh, and M Sounds uh, provided some DJ yes. music for us as well. That's great. Yeah. All in all, very good day. We we had a raffle as well, so we gave away a furnace and air conditioner completely installed, a tankless hot water heater completely installed, a water softener completely installed. Um, oh my goodness. And there were three other prizes. Yeah, those are the ones just, that just come off the top yeah, of my head. Those, um, the prizes were spectacular. I don't think, uh, anybody who won those prizes would be more than happy to, to receive them, I'd say. And, and door prizes too, right? So yes. like they were giving, yes. they were giving a, a door prize away every 10 minutes. And the guy that won the gas powered, uh, weed whipper, I mean, he was beaming. <laughs> yes. He, he was pretty happy. <laughs> All right, I suppose we should ask a question or two. I think we should. All right. So um, we had we, we had to go out to a call the other day, and it was a repair on a boiler. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. they needed to have a com- combustion analysis done. Right. So if you can just, like a combustion analysis f- for people, like there are a lot of boilers still in the city. It's yes. a very popular way of heating heating homes in That's London. Right. That's right. So... The, some some boilers need to have a combustion analysis done every year, uh, right? And and some well, they should it should be done every year regardless. Regardless, it, it is a it's a, it is part of the code now that uh, any natural draft boiler. So what do you mean by natural draft? Natural draft is one that isn't fan forced, isn't a high efficiency. If you don't, it goes up the chimney. Basically, is the easiest way to describe it. When you look at uh, your boiler, you'll see a like a five or a six inch pipe, or maybe could be larger. Yep, come off the top of the boiler, and you'll see a big looks like a mushroom on top of the boiler, about maybe two to three feet tall. Right. That boiler uses air from inside your home, oxygen for combustion, and to help with the draft. Uh, if that the boiler plugs. So you mean plugs like the vent plugs, like a bird builds the a vent, nest at the or top? Or even the boiler plugs itself. Oh, inside the boiler. Inside the boiler okay. because there's the the sections of the boiler that the water goes through to be heated are very small. Okay. Like the the distance between them, some of them you could, is about a pencil width. That's why it heats water so quickly. And that, if they plug, it's going to start sucking air from inside the home or it's going to start sucking, trying to suck it from the vent hood on the top and it'll roll out the front. Okay. 
but with that comes carbon monoxide. Okay. So that's why they have made it part of the code. When they first came out with it, it was only, you only had to check it between certain dates. It was a director's order, but now it is permanently part of the code and it's imperative that you should have that done. Right. Um, most people don't know when their boiler is plugged or their vent is plugged. Right. But we don't want that rollout happening and we don't want that carbon monoxide coming into the home. Now, sometimes on those rollouts, you'll see some signs because you'll see some black right. coming up on the front of the boiler. That's right. That's so right. it just you see that the flame has actually come outside of the burner That's right. and actually started to burn the front of the boiler yes. up, right? And if, if the wiring is attached to the front of the boiler, which it commonly was, um, it could start burning the wires off and you could be in a no heat situation, but the most important thing is uh, is carbon monoxide. Right. So, but, and a lot of people think that their carbon monoxide detector should be in that boiler room. Yes. Yes. And but, it, it should be they outside your sleeping areas. Yes. That's where they should be. Now, if you want an extra one and you want to put it there, but you have to, the, the point of the carbon monoxide detector in the home is you have to be able to hear it. Right. So if it's right. down going in the, if it's in the boiler room and it's singing away uh, and you're upstairs sleeping, you may or may not hear that. That's so right. You won't. That is why the fire department, the, the order is it must be on sleeping levels. Yes. So I also tell people if you're if you're in the basement and there's a couch and a TV where you you know usually go and watch some te- television and you're going to lie down, you need a carbon monoxide detector in there. And you're going to fall asleep watching TV. Absolutely. You know, so uh, no, you need a you need a I I like to see them on every level of the house. That's there's that's that's nothing wrong with that because you know, that is the the safest way, exactly, one on every level. Exactly. Just because it says that they should be outside the sleeping quarters doesn't mean that that's the only place you should have one. I have one in my living room. Right. You know, for now that also type thing. even though that boiler, let's say that boiler fails, so it, they find carbon monoxide present at that boiler. Yes. That doesn't mean it's broken yet. No. It means that maybe it needs cleaning. Yes. Yes, and that's that's the biggest part of that is to make sure you have that maintenance done on that boiler and get that carbon monoxide test done. If it's over 100 parts per million, it has to be shut down. Period. You do not want that to happen in January. Nope. It's best to get that done now. Um, The weather is perfect for turning it on, getting your test done, and getting that thing cleaned if it needs cleaned. Because sometimes if it's over 100 parts per million, it just needs that cleaning. You can take it apart. You can clean it, put it back together, and drop that uh, reading right down. Right. So that that is uh, imperative you do that. And if that reading goes down, then they can say, yes, this boiler's okay, it yes. passes, and everything's good. Right. That's right. Okay. No, not necessarily need a new one at that point. Right. Although with the new high-efficiency boilers out there, if you're starting to have trouble, now might be the time to start looking at something that's going to bring air from the outside in. So you don't have to worry about that. So when they're talking about bringing air from outside in, Dan, they're talking about, so if you're looking on the outside of the house, it doesn't go up the chimney necessarily anymore. Not necessarily. There'll be a couple of white pipes maybe sticking out of the side of the house. that's right. That's right. And one will bring air in for combustion because the the combustion chamber is sealed. Just like um, hot air furnaces now, first air furnaces. And it just uses the air from outside for combustion. So it right. doesn't draw anything from out on inside the home. Okay. Yeah. And so that's white pipe. And the reason that white pipe doesn't melt? 
That's yes. <laughs> it doesn't get as brittle. Um, some of them had stainless, um, but most of them have gone to well, we PVC we call six thirty six. But right, and there's a specialized venting system for furnaces and boilers, and that's right. It has to be a certain material. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Gone are the days when we can use the black ABS piping. Yes. And uh, it has to be a special white uh, CPVC or PVC piping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CPVC is starting to get more popular, too. It'll take the heat. It's it's more dense still, is it? Yes. It'll take the heat, um, whereas the ABS never was ever designed, actually, to take the kind of heat that is an exhaust from a furnace. And it gets very heater. brittle, actually. It just It'll just crack. It will crack. Yeah. Um, you'll see the fittings on them. If you do have uh, ABS venting, black venting, off your water heater or your furnace or your boiler, you should have that checked, you know, every year too. Right, just to see if, to make sure the joints are... That's right. Yes. That's right. Because if a joint fails, it fails as well. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And that doesn't mean the boiler, it just means you have to have it revented. That's right. Right, um, with the proper materials. Exactly. And there are people, there, there were some people going around a few years ago Asking homeowners, knocking on their door and saying, we're here to check your vent pipe. That's, just, yeah. Just make sure that it's a reputable contractor. Well, no if, contractor should be knocking on your door in the first no, place asking should, to inspect your venting. Exactly. Yes. And, and they've been going around about what, rental water heaters and All kinds things, of things like that. Yeah. So now they've changed their tactics because there is a law change, but now yes. they're phoning asking permission and then coming. And once you say yes, either you've invited them into your home, then then... So you just have to be careful. You are the one who should be initiating the phone call. That's right. Yes. That's right. So we, well, we, I, want to ta- I want to touch on high-efficiency boilers as well um, because there are two types of boilers still in the market. There's what they call high-efficiency and there's standard yes. efficiency. Yes. And we can still use standard efficiency boilers this day. Yes, we can. But I want to just touch on that, but I think we have to go to break first. Okay. And then once we're once we're once once we come back, we're just going to dive into just a little bit of high-efficiency boilers okay. and maybe some domestic hot water as well. Okay? Yes. All right. We'll All talk, right. We'll talk to you after the break. <clears throat> I love that song. This had to be your pick, Steve. <laughs> Do you know, um, Nicole was uh, Nicole was really on me about getting the song in this past week, and I didn't put one in. I just, um, I thought, yeah, I don't have to put a song in. <laughs> so that was done by Nicole at the office. Apparently she's a T-Rex fan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, I also, Mr. Weisler must be listening because... Uh, he said, yes, I was there, and the song was picked because I was feeling good about <laughs> winning the season song thing last week. <laughs> As he donned that gold medal and kept on shining it in my eyes. Yeah. He showed it to you quite a bit, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, we have lunch on Saturdays at the uh, St. Thomas Executive Association. I'm surprised he didn't have it around his neck there. <laughs> I was sure he was going to do that. He might yeah. this Tuesday. You never know. anything is possible right yes anything is possible (laughs) all right i had mentioned um 
I had mentioned that the phone lines are still open, and we love a call, even from you, Jamie, because I know you're listening, (laughs) 519-643-2222. We wanted to touch on just some boilers, so high efficiency. Yep. So still two types of boilers out there, standard efficiency, high efficiency. Yes. The standard efficiency boiler isn't like the one that's got the mushroom cap on it. It's got a motor on it now. Right. And the reason for the motor is to help push the exhaust yes. either out a either out a pipe which goes up through the side of the house or right. or up a chimney. Yes. Okay. Yes. And those are still available and it can still be installed. Yes, they can. And uh actually the one with the mushroom top on it you were talking about, um, they still are available and being sold in the bigger institutional commercial type jobs. Now, but if you have one of those, then you also have to have a uh, a way to get air into the into the boiler room. Yes, to yes. to feed that monster, it's, right? Even yes. even if you um, you have one that exhausts, you know, forced exhaust, fan forced exhaust out the sidewall, it's not going to hurt to bring fresh air in somewhere if you want. Right, it's not going to hurt to have. They make they th- it's a, called a J tube, but it's just mm-hmm. an insulated piece of pipe that comes down and and. Yeah. Yeah. Get as close to where the appliance is, and as if it needs air, it, it'll just draw it right out That's of that. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's, it's a good idea to do that anyway. Right. And if you if you turn it up into a J, then it's not good. It's going to dump cold air into the room, right? Right. Yes. Only right. when the boiler or the water heater wants it. That's right. So then high efficiency, just like the high efficiency forced air furnace today. Yes. They're doing a lot more with these things now, Dan. Like there's they, they call it, it's, it's a combi boiler now. Exactly. And a combi boiler does more than one thing, right? That's right. That's so right. what are the things you can do with a combi boiler? Well, you can do uh, your your whole home. So heat your house. It'll heat your house. It will heat your hot water. It'll heat my hot water and heat my house, okay. And it will do space heating. Um, say you have a, a garage or a breezeway or something that you wanted to put some in-floor heat in or something like that, it will also do that. Oh, neat. So it's it's a really versatile piece of equipment now. Um, the the domestic hot water heating part, you can put a storage tank on that. Right. So that you, you know, people see their water heater that's 40 gallons, and when you go to a, a combi unit, they say, wow. There's not really a storage tank on that. Well, you can put a small storage tank on that. A small one to just so whatever got, size you need. Just so, so you got some, uh, some Exactly. Some if you're worried water. about the volume, then put a storage tank on. And so, obviously, well, it's not obvious, but that big old boiler with the mushroom top. like mm-hmm. Yes. So when it's, when it's sized to heat your house, it's one size, and it just turns on and turns off. So <laughs> That's correct. So you... You you might have two hundred fifty thousand BTUs on and off, on and off, on and off. That's right. But That's this right. new high efficiency doesn't work that way. No, the the gas valve modulates. Spring and fall, you may not need the same number of BTUs to heat your home, so it will modulate down and just use the fuel that it needs to heat your home. Okay. And then as it gets colder in the winter, it will automatically start to come up itself. It will modulate itself to use the proper number of BTUs to heat your home. And that's whether it's doing one thing, two things, three things. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, uh, they're all pretty well fully modulating now. 
And that's where you get your efficiency. Why would you need 125,000 BTUs when in the spring and the fall you might only need 60? Right. So that's a big, big selling feature. And uh, so that to me also just means I'm going to use less fuel. Less fuel means less money. That's right. Savings all the way around. So uh, it's well worth looking into. And then, um, so then also then in the summertime when I still need my domestic hot water to yes. shower and dishwash and whatever I'm doing with, yes. it's it's going to fire even less or it'll do whatever it needs to do to exactly. provide my hot water for exactly. my family. Exactly. So um, you're not using the maximum amount of, of fuel when you don't need to. And, okay. And that's a big advantage. All right. Yeah. It sounds like it would probably want to have a maintenance. Yes. <laughs> Definitely a yearly maintenance thing. Um, that there is a heat exchanger inside these boilers that is used to do your domestic hot water. So that definitely needs to be cleaned. Right. Um, the boiler still needs to be cleaned, the same as any other boiler. But since you're working with a lot smaller tolerances inside that boiler, it's it's important that you have your maintenance done. Right. Yeah. And Richard just brought up a good point. Um, not only do we sell and install boilers, but we rent them as well. Yes. Yes, we do now. So you can own your boiler or you can rent your boiler. And the other thing about it is there are some pretty attractive rebates going on for boilers as well as forced air furnaces. So yes. as long as you go high efficiency, you can get some rebate money back if you have one of those home efficiency tests done. So, and that's, you get that money back whether you own, whether you purchase it, or if you rent it, you still get that that rebate back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's well worth it. Now they, yes. So- that's really, there's some good things going on. So just, if you just have one of those boilers with the mushroom cap and you've had some issues, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to kind of have a look and, and find out if you're, if you could use something like that. Yeah, and check out your options and uh, you might find that your options are very good to change that uh, system that you have now. Right. So maybe we can just touch on like domestic hot water and tankless just for a second. So most of North America for years understands hot water tanks. We've, we've had tanks. I, that's all I remember in the basement of my house is a hot water tank, hot water heater. Yes. But then the first time I went over to Europe, they don't have tanks. You can't (laughs) find a tank anywhere in the house. Yeah. And the reason is because they use on demand hot water. And they have for a long time. And they have for a very, very, very long time. So on-demand hot water is just you only heat what you use. That's right. So you turn on a tap, the boiler, the whatever the vessel is, the hot water heater or the boiler fires, heats that water. When you turn the tap off, it shuts off. That's right. That's right. Sounds like it's pretty common sense, right? It is pretty common sense. Um, uh, A lot of people are so used to having that tank in the basement, they can't think of anything other than having that 40 gallons of hot water or, or whatever amount down there. I mean, they're saving it for, for something. A rainy day. <laughs> um, because when they're away on holidays, when there's no one home for a day, in the middle of the afternoon, 
that tank is heating. So I asked a customer who was a new customer of mine from Grand Bend, and mm-hmm. he's got a hot water heater, and yes. he goes up there just on weekends. I said, Bill, of course, during the week, you turn this off because it's an electric water heater. Right. You turn this off, and then you just turn it back on on the weekends. He said, I've never turned that off. I <laughs> said, so you haven't turned that off for 16 years since you've owned this property. <laughs> so he's putting a tankless in. Yes. On-demand hot water, we'll call it. And he's going to see a big difference because he doesn't have to worry about turning it off. That's right. Because it's not doing anything when he's not there. That's right. It, um, they have a flow switches in them. If there is no flow, there is no. They, there will be no fuel to heat that water. Which is kind of interesting. So like in Europe, which they've been doing for years, they had a hard time breaking into the North American market. Yes, they did. Because uh, North Americans decided that we like our tanks. Yes, uh, but it's it's been gaining. We are probably, out of all the hot water heaters we are putting in these days, we are probably 40% tankless these days and 60% tank. And mm-hmm. that number has grown for the past five or six years. It keeps on getting... It keeps coming up yeah. steadily. Yeah. Yes. It's really amazing to, to think that uh, at some point in the next few years, the tankless will be on a level playing field, actually, with a tank water heater. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm the first one to be an advocate on maintenance, uh, because <laughs> as everybody on this radio show knows that if you don't do a maintenance on hot water heaters, like I did not do, uh, it will let you down. It will let you down. Um, any product can, um, but it is important to make sure you have your maintenance done on those. Right. They can plug. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of a screen. If you can imagine me coming home <laughs> and I walked in the door and my technician, Craig, I love Craig, who's in uh, where the water heater is, and it is in pieces on my floor. I mean, when you open up a tankless water heater, it's pretty complicated. It and is. All I looked at, Craig, and he says, what's up, Gilbert? And I said, I hope you know how to put that back together, man. <laughs> <laughs> He just kind of laughed at me and uh, and said not to worry, and uh, everything was good. That's that's good. Yeah. He's Anyways, there. Christian's giving me the eye. Time to go to break, and uh, we'll catch you right after this. Heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. You don't really care for music, do you? There's a great, uh, there's a great uh, hymn that we put in, and it was uh, that was from our, it was from Richard. So Richard decided to uh, throw that one in in the mix and actually finished third. Well, that's good. Now I don't know if he chose the Katie Lang version of, but I just kind of overruled that and took that one. <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't, hopefully he doesn't mind that that was the choice I made. No, that uh, that was a good choice actually. Yeah. So. Diana had a question for us um, that she called in, wanted to know the difference between a backwater valve and a backflow preventer. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So maybe you could explain that for us. A backwater valve is a valve that goes in your main sewer line so that if the water, the sewers at the street ever back up, get overloaded, from for whatever reason, a, 
a plug or a storm or something, that that water does not come back into your home. Okay. That's what a backwater valve does. Okay. It should have maintenance done on it every year. All right. Because you want to make sure that flapper is going to close. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that would go in your basement floor. Typically, there would be uh, a metal grate in your basement floor, or some of the older ones had a piece of plywood in the basement floor. Yep. Chances are you have a backwater valve underneath there. And the older ones were made of cast iron, and, and they did have a tendency to um, stick, stick open? Stick, right. yes. Okay. Sometimes stick closed. Oh, okay, that's even you worse. Know? Yep. Um, the problem with the backwater valve is when that valve is closed, Nothing leaves. That's right. So when you flush your toilet in the house, run water down the kitchen sink, it's going to want to come up your floor drain. So in those storm situations, make sure that when you run some water, it doesn't start to come up your floor drain. If it does, you know that your backwater valve's closed. Okay. So you should always check that out before you start using a lot of water. Got it. Okay. Um, Uh. Backflow preventer? Backflow preventer is kind of does the same thing, only it's on your water line. Okay. okay. So it's not sewage, it's 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 on right. your domestic water. So if uh, for whatever reason um, the water uh, could, could get contaminated somehow inside your home, Usually they're at the water meter inside the home, and that will stop more residentially, more municipal water lines getting um, contaminated. Contaminated. You, if you're using, um, say you have a hose from your laundry tap, and it's in your laundry tub, and it's full of bleach. Yep. And for whatever reason, the main pressure drops out in the street, it will stop, it will automatically uh, suck that water back into the main, um, and that will stop that. Okay. So the sprinkler systems, laundry tubs, kitchen sinks, um, commercially, uh, apartment buildings, because you don't know. Right. Um, gas stations, car washes. Things, all those, I see. all of those, yes. Okay, we 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 gotta we I gotta run to a caller. Just one sec. Is this Carol? Yes. Hi, Carol. Yes, I was just going to talk about the hot water heater, and all your staff isn't on board about that because after <laughs> listening to you each week, I decided when I needed a new water heater about a month ago, I would go to with a tankless one. Yes. But your technician suggested that the other kind, so that's the kind I went with. Okay, well, sometimes, sometimes Carol, um, like uh, those, those tankless water heaters, they are very difficult to install sometimes because of vent, venting restrictions. Okay. So he might have seen something that wouldn't have allowed them to install it because they need to have so much, um, like where they exhaust, they have to have so many feet around certain things. So he might not have thought yours could be installed properly. That's probably it, because it's an old house and an old basement. Okay. So that's probably it. Then. Okay. Okay, good enough. Thank you. But thank okay. you for the call, Carol. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
on the tankless side of things, they do. They are very that's restrictive right. on where you can vent them. So that's right. There are clearances um, that have to be adhered to, and sometimes actually those clearances do make it very restrictive on where you can put them. Sometimes, yeah. So yeah. really, that's and as a homeowner, you don't know the gas code like the the guys do, so they have to see that to make sure that yes that. It can yes. it can be exhausted properly, or else we can't put it in. That's right. If it can't be exhausted properly, then uh, unfortunately, you may be going back to your tank that you had before. Yeah, because yeah. it just yes. Yeah. Now there's nothing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting down tanks. I just the tankless just is. It's a. It's what they use in Europe, and it's made its way into Canada and in the United yes. States, and yes. it's a good choice if you can use them. Yes, it's an excellent choice. Okay. Now we also had a question because this um how do you how do you test for that backwater thing Dan the backwater valve Like how do you test a backwater valve um, the best thing to do is is to actually go to that cover that's in the basement floor open it up um take the bolts apart or the lid off of it and get someone to flush the toilet to make sure that that flapper is acting properly. Okay. It should open it. It should be closed most of the time or basically mostly closed. As the water flows through, it's going to open up as far as it has to to let everything flow to the main sewer. If that's not opening up all the way or it's seized in a certain position, you'll be able to tell that once you get that top off of it. Okay. And once you get that top of, off of it, you'll know whether it needs to be cleaned and greased and put back together again, or maybe sometimes it might need replacing. I've seen the bottoms wear right off of the flapper in them. So, so is it is it difficult to replace? You got you have to bust up the floor again? Yes, yes you do. There's very few um, accesses that are left that are big enough for you to actually change that backwater valve without so you, breaking up the floor. So you hammer up the floor... Yes. You expose the backwater valve, remove it. Remove it. Re- put it. Put a new put one a new in one place. In. Yep. And then put it all back together and, and then and there is there is a make out there too now called a main line that actually the flapper is flat all the time in the bottom. And the water coming back when it backs pushes up, it up. Pushes it up. Ah. But it's the same thing. You should make sure that that's clean inside because you don't want a little pebble or something Stopping it from closing from coming all the way. back up. But the lids on those, <clears throat> once you remove that grate that's in your floor or, or a piece of plywood, the lids on those are clear. So you can see it. That's right. That's right. So you so actually you, see if it's working or not. Or Exactly. You don't even have to take the bolts out and take the lid off. Interesting. You can you can see the water flush right through so it. So I take it they're trying to make these things more accessible, more manageable all the time. That's right. And they're trying to get more of a full flow through them. Um, with the ones that have the flapper in them, the flapper only opens up as far as it has to. Right. And uh, when it comes back, if there's a a piece of debris that's in there when it comes back, sometimes that'll seize it. Just gets underneath that flapper and the flapper won't open and close anymore. Okay. With the main line, gives you the full flow through there, and you can actually see it without taking it apart. Okay. Yeah. We gotta, we're got we just going to run out of the phone line one more time. Uh, is this Todd? Yep. Hi, Todd. Hi. Um, 
I got a problem with my old, old, old air condition that my parents gave me, and I don't know what the problem is, and they did, I don't know how to clean it. You don't know how to clean your, what, the old air conditioner? Yeah. Is it one that goes in the window, or is it one that attaches to your furnace, Todd? Um, the, that one has wheels on it. Oh, that one. Okay, so that's a portable, Todd. So yeah. um, really, uh, there's a, there'll be a filter in there someplace. It should say there's a filter on it. So yeah. that filter, you should just you should pull that filter door out. Uh, you can run it under the tap and wash it, and then you can slide that back in. That's, that's how you clean those. Okay. So um, if you don't have the maintenance book, there'll just be a little door or something that you can pull that filter out and wash it and put it back in. Okay. Make sure it's unplugged first. Right, yeah, make sure you unplug it first, though, yes. Yes, yes I will. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Todd. Bye. Bye. So we're just about, I'm just going to give you one one small plug, because you're going to <laughs> some gala that you wanted to just mention on the radio before we oh, go. Yeah, the uh, St. Thomas Elgin General Hospital Foundation is having a Hooray for Hollywood gala on uh, October 21st. Okay. Um, they can call the hospital foundation office for tickets. Um, Ranch and Sons are providing one of the prizes. They're having a silent auction, a live auction also. Okay. And uh, we are providing one of the prizes for that. Tremendous. Yeah. So if any anybody can go and support the St. Thomas Elgin Foundation, the hospital foundation. Yes. That'd be a good event to go to. Yeah. All right. So when we're not on the radio, you can reach us by calling London St. Thomas, 519-681-2450, Sarnia at 519-786-2373, or always at 1-866-EXPERTS. You can listen to a podcast of the show at RoyInch.com by hitting the Inch by Inch button on the homepage. And as we say at the shop, life is hard by the yard, but by the inch, life's a cinch. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah!